0: Pirate line with a magazine is ten rounds. Oh, just make ready. Your vehicle is firing with your target appears. Stand by contact. On the big end. Make ready on the right. Ready. Ready on the left. Ready. Already on the firing line. On the little end. Target. Just get those targets high in the sky. Get those targets high in the
1: sky. Welcome to Front Sight. A ministry opportunity of Encourage Media and Radio. We are so glad you guys are back and hanging out with us today. All right. In the room is Jacob Miller. Hey, hey, hey. Not in the room is Rodney Kilborn, (laughs) which is why I did the opener. Rodney is spending some quality time with his family today. Jacob and I are recording. Uh, Episode seven is what you're in with, and it's actually sort of part two of episode six. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's standalone. Hey, I want to take just a moment since we're still new to front site I'm new to it. You're new to it. Um, I want to read the ingredients label, if you will, on the back of the front site box. Uh, like just a reminder of what is the mission of front site, why we do this and what we offer you guys. So remember every time you guys listen, we're aiming No pun intended, I mean, but seriously, we're aiming to be faithful men, focused men, and fearless men. Here's what we hope. We want to give you guys real-life conversation that offers life-changing adjustments. Mm. And that's a kind of a play on word there. By life-changing adjustments, it means, like, uh, most of the time in life, spiritual life, we do Kentucky windage shooting, right? We just sort of aim and hope that it hits um, kind of a thing, like, you know, lick your finger and put it up in the air and see which way the wind's blowing, um, by life-changing adjustments, like we really want to treat, teach you how to to dial in yeah. um, these attributes of life, and and we all want we want to offer take-home advice. Front Sight, as you know, is a podcast, and it, I'm telling you right now, my my whole heart for this has been to take aim at biblical manhood. I think I've said this every time we've gathered. Biblical manhood is under attack, and it's gone underground. Yeah. And I think it's gone underground not because men are are afraid. I just think they don't know what to do. Mm. And and so, because I get that a lot, and so just from what you and I do, Jacob, right here, just practical advice from everyday guys that that we talk to, that we hear from, yeah. we want to activate um, your role uh, in society. We want to we want to help you be a better husband, better dad. Uh, we want to help you be a better man, employee, employer, boss. Uh, just to ha- how to be a better friend, mm-hmm. but really how to just take hold of that biblical role. Uh, that you've been given, and just dial it in. We want you guys to be faithful, focused, and fearless. And so here is where we are today. Episode 7 is entitled Training for Battle. Now, I'm going to give you some stuff that's probably not what you think. Maybe it is what you thought of, but you might not know how to do it. So at least, as I've documented, in the last 12 years, a lot of my conversations with men have dealt with this topic right here. Mm. All of these little things I'm going to give you along the way. Now, to be fair, um, I'm 53, so it it took me probably a good 15 years to learn these, at least. So I've been married almost 29 years, so over half the time that Raina and I have been married, it took me that amount of time to learn. Yeah, And so now that I'm a father of adult children and my first grandchild, it's, that's not been that long, right? So 12 years out of almost 29, um, it's is been dedicated to this. So I, I It takes a while to learn this, is, is my point. And so I, I want to be able to share that with you. Now, training for battle, all right? So um, Jacob, man, I am so excited. I think you and Rayleigh are doing phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, seriously, I look back at it, and, and I, I kind of feel bad now. What I mean by that is Raina and I would just share with you guys our war stories of raising children. Oh, you're going to lose sleep, and <laughs> I remember when my daughters did this, you know, like our little fun war stories. And maybe it made it sound a whole lot worse than what it was. But you and Rayleigh have just been awesome. Thank you. um, At learning this, and uh, little Benjamin is is as of recording this is seven weeks old. Yeah. What? Yeah. And Rayleigh was back on the worship stage, um, and and he came to church, made it to church, like she was bringing him, like for one service there for a while. Yeah. And then, like he rode in with you guys, like yeah, earlier. yeah. So literally, homeboy was like here, um, just doing his thing, and had the helps so, had the help of the the two grandmas, yeah, uh, Mimi and Nunny, um, <laughs> helping out. But did phenomenal. So my question is, and all that, how how does that feel now? Like, and um, you're you're maybe somewhat out of the fog. Yeah. of the early days. Um and, and now like all right, so you got married and you had to learn like this is what it means to be the the protector of my home. Yeah. And now and, and train how do I train to be like a father? How do I train to be a husband? What all does that feel to you like right now, since all of this is so
0: new to you? I mean, it's it is so new. So I'm still kind of learning it and just trying to get a like an understanding of what that means. But I mean it's it's something, you know, different. Like um, being in charge of the home without Benjamin was, you know, something to learn and be like, okay, this is how we're going to like, um, like this is how I'm going to protect the home spiritually, physically, uh, and all the things. But then um, when he's here now, it's just like, it's another level to it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like I got a son, like a a kid, a son to look out for, not just a wife and a house and other things like that. It's It's more like, Okay, how? What can we do right now to plan for his future spiritually and like ingrain that into his life? So, like we we read um his little um little Bible for kids at night, and we're just we're trying to ingrate that. Um, pray with him every night and uh, make sure that he follows the way in that way. So.
1: so think about this, right? So when you started dating Rayleigh, I'm sure you did some like training, like we all did when yeah. we were dating. Like you put a lot of mental thought. Like what am I gonna wear? What's my hair look like? Where are we gonna go? Yeah. Like now. Now, be, be honest. You guys did awesome. Like I learned a lot from you. Like first of all, where to go in Orlando to have dates. Like I learned you guys wherever you guys went. Like we went the next weekend. <laughs> um. You know. So, but but you put a lot of thought. Like, uh, and I'm sure you put a lot of thought in. Like when y'all were riding around in the car. Yeah. Like all right, there's this other person. Her name's Rayleigh, and and I have to be careful. What's it like now when you put your son? Mm. In your car and you're driving. How much? Walk me through. Like, does it feel different now I, that you're like, all right, now? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I feel like a whole other level of driving safe. Mm. Like,
0: like the first time in the car, I, I I try to drive as smooth as possible, not to like disturb him while he was sleeping. But, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like, okay, is he safe? Is he buckled in? Like, just constantly, we have a little mirror so we can check on him, and um, while we're driving, um, and just making sure you know he's good. Um, if he's so far in the car he's he's not been bad only if he's hungry then he'll he'll give a good wail but if not he's a, he's typically <laughs> chilling <whale>. or asleep.
1: <laughs> now, I'm gonna say this, you've probably always watched out for stupid drivers around oh. you, but I'm sure you're like hyper Would yeah. you say you're more aware now? For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely looking around more and <laughs> cuz you've got like this precious cargo in the back. Yeah. For sure. Like you're like I've been given life. Yeah. And I'm not going to let stupid come around and just ruin it in a heartbeat.
0: Correct. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely more aware for sure. I'm yeah. looking out for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that all right, so from a a, a new dad, right? Mhm. And, and 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 so I, you know, guys, you, there's probably a lot of you listening that you're like you've been a dad for a while that you just kind of get into a rhythm of providing and we sort of forget um awareness, we forget be alert, be vigilant, um keep training like just because they're no longer babies doesn't mean you don't need to study. When they were babies, we studied. Um, when mm-hmm. you know, we documented everything, right? Yeah. Like you're documenting like his feeding time, how much he ate, when he went to like. You're not going to do that when they're like 12. Yeah. Like you had 14 nuggets, and <laughs> I mean, you might when it comes to your wallet, you'll be like, "Son, you've already had 14 cheeseburgers today." Yeah. Like, we got to cut back somehow. But you don't. You're not going to fill out every. But you're very aware for sure, right? All right. So when I was a kid when when i was a kid i lived for the day that my dad said i'm going to be gone for the weekend or or all day it's going to be a long day um you're the man of the house mm. when my when i heard my dad say that you know when he was like you're the man of the house and and jacob you grew up with a mom and and a sister so you were the man of the house like yeah. you know what i mean so when your mom was like all right jacob like Make it happen, yeah, when my dad told me that, I went into full on battle prep mode, mm-hmm. even though I was a kid, I mean I'm serious, I went and I got the the camouflage stuff that you put on your face. I mean, I remember doing that at times, I put knives i I strategized, I put knives everywhere, I loaded up the BB gun like i went I went full on ridiculous, mm-hmm. but when my dad said like you're you're the protector of the home today. I mean I I studied. I yeah. was like, what does that mean? Like mm. I kept checking the windows, I kept checking the doors. I was listening for every little crack and, you know, bump and noise. Well, guys, the same it, it's 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 the same thing every day that you and I have to. So what we're talking about, what I want to hammer with you all is how do we train for battle? Now, I want to give you an unchanging truth and then based upon that unchanging truth, I want to give you how to continually train to develop this truth. Hmm. Now, think about this. Here's an unchanging truth: Children are beings that are going to live forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity somewhere. Now, listen to this. So, that, so therefore, there's no greater investment. There's hmm. most of the time we spend more time training for our job and how to how to land the big the deep, big deal. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should like providing for your family is honorable. It's biblical. But most of the time, we will train more for a weekend event, like a fishing trip, an excursion or something. like. We'll spend more time training for something like that than we do in just little ways daily on how to train to protect our children. So therefore, if our kids are going to live in eternity somewhere, there's no greater investment than training... To make sure, like training ourselves, disciplining ourselves, understanding what's happening around me, so I can, through the training of myself, help them follow me to eternity. All right, so guys, hang on, stop. I want you to get this point. Like, a reason why I say that is I say it a lot in counseling, but I met with Rodney and I said it, which is why, like, he, this would have been cool for him to be here for this. And I sat down with Rodney and I shared this and he was like, man, you have got to say that in a podcast, right? Here's what I said. I said, moms are awesome. And of course, he's like, you got to say that, right? But but they are like, okay, but hang on, hang on. All right, let me paint a picture in your mind. Let's say you live on a 10-acre track of land and in the center of that land is your home, right? That That's where things are. So now, now pay attention to that. That's where your family is, and that's where your wife is. Your role is to put up um, perimeters, no trespassing signs, Mm. beware. Like, your role—now, hang on, now watch. One of the many reasons why moms are awesome is because you as a husband have provided a safe Mm. track of land for them to fully become— what they can become within that defined parameter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the the boundaries that I set up for my family allow Raina to live with security, yeah. and when she's living with security, she's operating without restraint, if you will, mm-hmm. to develop the children. Yeah. The same applies for you and Rayleigh. The same applies, guys, for you and your wife, for you and your children. It is your job to secure the perimeter. Hmm. I don't know, seven, eight years ago, a former Marine was here. I met with him and his family, and there was a lot going on. And uh, I understood his MOS in the Marine Corps. And I was like, hey, listen, um, your job was to set the perimeter. Hmm. And your family feels vulnerable because these things, and I won't go into detail, but because these things that are happening with you, Hmm. you've got breaches in your perimeter. Now, your wife's smart enough to know that. And your kids may not be smart enough to know, it, but they feel it. Like they're they're feeling the effects of not having a secure perimeter. Okay. And when I shared that illustration with him, he he sat up. He was like, "Oh, I get that." Wow. He's like, "I get that." That was my job in the Marine Corps. Wow. And he's like, "Pastor Ron, I failed." He's like, "I, I failed." He's like, "I get that." And he mm-hmm. literally said. Like, what the heck am I doing? Like, this is stupid of me. And yeah. he changed. I mean, in the snap of a finger, he changed. Wow. Right? Like, whatever that, illu- however powerful that illustration was, it was powerful to him. So here's my point. Moms are awesome, but dads, you set the perimeter. Now, the perimeter constantly has to be checked. So here's where I want to nail in. Are you ready for this, guys? Mm-hmm. All right. You have to understand what you are fighting and what you are fighting for. Mm. two different things you have to you have to understand in other words what or who you're fighting which guys it changes mm. dependent upon the age and stage of your children dependent upon the personality of your children dependent upon what's happening in your own family at that time you have to understand what you're fighting like what what influences are trying to creep into your family what are you trying to build right now in your family that the devil doesn't want built Right. What is God even doing in your life that you might be resistant to that, that God is trying to develop in you because He knows what's coming yeah. in in the family years ahead. So He's trying to prepare you. Right. But you missed it. You got to know what you're fighting and you got to know what you're fighting for. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, please listen to me. Please listen to me. After 30 years of ministry, 15 at least very intensive years of ministry with men. And having now children that are 25 years of age, my oldest, right? Now, listen, I've seen this. Most of the time, we miss what we're fighting for. Mm. Only 10, 15 years down the road, then do we wake up and we're like, all of my efforts were aimed at the wrong thing. Yeah, And I was... I was flanked on the left, I was flanked on the right, and I thought the battle was somewhere else, but it wasn't. All right, so here's what you got to know. You're not fighting, okay? Listen to me. You are not fighting so much for your child's well-being. Okay, you're going, wait, Pastor Ron, you're saying I'm not supposed to feed my kid? I'm not supposed to clothe my kid? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Hang on. Listen to what I mean next. You're not so much fighting for your child's well-being. You're fighting for his or her eternal life. Yeah. Now, hang on. If you fight for their eternal life first, along the way, you're going to take care of their well-being. Yeah. Most guys only fight and provide for their well-being, hmm. meaning like clothes, food, status, things. I get that. Okay, so we've seen this guys. Come on. You've seen guys literally you've seen kids literally grow up in absolute poverty. Yeah. Like have nothing. And they turn out to be the best kids in the world. On the other side, we know we've seen it. It's like a classic story. You've seen kids grow up with everything. I mean, everything. And they grow up to be spoiled brats, <laughs> you know? But on the same side of thing, I've seen kids grow up with everything and become the best ever. Yeah. And I've seen kids grow up with nothing and still become spoiled brats. Yeah. So there is no common denominator in those scenarios. What changes the environment is the awareness of the mom and dad. Like you can be absolutely poor mm. and mom and dad be absolutely in your life and you'll never know you're poor. Wow. You can be absolutely wealthy and mom and dad be in your life and not even know you're absolutely wealthy. Yeah. Like I look back at it now my dad made a decent living. I had no idea that my dad was making a decent living. I just knew my mom and my dad were in my life. Yeah. Okay, so that's my point. You're not fighting just for your child's well-being. You're not here to make your kid happy. You're here to make sure your kid becomes holy. Yeah. You're you're not Now listen, here's the next one. You're not fighting against economy of life. Things, money, Security, bank accounts, like teach them that. In this world, you got to teach them that. You're not fighting against the economy of life, which I, that's, now why do I say that? I hear so many guys that are concerned about are they providing well enough for their kids? Now that's a legitimate concern, Mm. right? But they're working themselves so hard that they don't get home until 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, look, Your kids could really care less at this point if they have 15 pairs of jeans. They'd rather have one pair of jeans and a dad that's home for dinner time. Yeah. Okay. So you're not fighting against the economy of life. You're fighting the enemy to life. Yeah. Capital T, capital O. You're fighting the enemy to life. All right. So here's how we do it. Can I? Here's your training lesson. You ready? Yeah. First of all, you got to get tribal. Mm. My guys, you're going to like that. (laughs) You don't like that term, but you got to you got to get tribal, like you know, Maasai warrior kind of a thing here. What I mean by that is, have you ever studied the tribes of Israel? If you haven't, go back and study them. Uh, Jacob here, but Jacob, uh, the father, who's considered the father of Israel, his twelve sons. um, He prophesied a blessing over every one of his sons, and one of his sons was Issachar. Issachar was. Not the smallest, but they were among the smaller tribes. But in Second Chronicles, here's what it said about the tribe of Issachar. They understood the times and knew what to do. Hmm. All right, so there's a lot of theological conjecture on how, what exactly application that meant. One of the applications meant that when they were about ready to go into battle or even before battle... They knew the wars that were taking place around them. They knew they knew if culture was changing. They knew how the tribes were. Were they obedient? Were they disobedient? Were, were, the, were the tribes waning? Were they strengthening? Mm. So when it came time for the king to say, let's go to war, they could say, all right, well, before we go to war, you need to know this. Yeah that this army is stronger here, this tribe is weak here. Culturally, the battlefield has shifted here. Guys, that's your job. Your job is to to be the the tribe of Issachar and understand the times. Do you understand there are two games that are going on right now in your world Mm. and you need to be aware of? One of them is the Game of Thrones, Mm. and we're not talking about the video game, even though it is a play on words there. We live in the kingdom of this world, Lower K., But as Christians, we are now members of the kingdom of God. Now, not until Christ returns, the second coming, like this is after the rapture and we come back with him on white horses and establish the the new heaven and the new earth. Not until then is the kingdom of God going to completely reign on earth. Until then, you and I are, are citizens of on earth of a lowercase k, while we are citizens of heaven, uppercase k. So there's there's constantly a game of thrones. Every day you wake up and you have to decide which kingdom you're going to live for. Yeah. Now pursuing the lowercase k means you're only concerned about your child's well-being and you're only concerned about the economy of life. Pursuing the uppercase K kingdom of God means you're concerned about their eternity because you understand the enemy that wants to take life away from them. Does that make sense now? Yeah. Okay. So how do I how how do I become tribal? All right. You have to know what are the what are and will be the influencers on your family? Hmm. Right now it's kind of easy, to be honest with you. The 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 devil's kind of showed his hand a, a really hard, I mean, really easy right now. Um it's a game of pronouns. Hmm. Yeah. Right? It's a game of identity. Yeah. Um it it's again like Rayleigh was commenting the other day, you know, Jacob, I think you were in the room and she was like, you know, my son's now growing up in a culture where he's for the first time gonna hear words like they them. Yeah. And where people have an option to to change their gender through a surgery, yeah, right? Like, wow, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have that. No, I mean, yeah, I went to Waffle House every once in a while and saw some dude wearing a dress, yeah. But that's a whole lot different than now, right? But it's so much different. There's a Game of Thrones, okay? So what are what are guys? Do you know what the influencers are on your family? What are they, and do you know what what will the attacks be? So no matter where you school your children home, charter, public, private, Christian, college, no matter where you school your children, are you aware of what attacks? Like, have you studied the school to know what are the biggest issues that the teachers deal with? Like, well, okay, bullying is across the platform at every school. We know that. Mm-hmm. But what types of bullying? Yeah, Is it sexual bullying? Is it cyber bullying? Is it physical bullying? Um, well, what type of influences are at these different schools? Each school has its own culture, which means it's going to have its own unique attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. The friends that your children hang around and yes, even friends when they're like three and four years old, right? It may not be the attacks from the children, but what friends do you, are you choosing as moms and dads to hang around? Okay. okay? So when I say be tribal, you got to understand the times. It's it's a it's a Game of Thrones. All right. Here's the goal: you are constantly identifying the threat. Mm. Now we weren't farmers um, growing up, but we lived on um, a ginormous piece of land out in the country. I loved it, right? As a kid, like 400 acres. We didn't own 400 acres, but we owned a decent amount of acreage. But 400 was beside us. That I don't know somebody owned, but it was just undeveloped. Um, I could come home, and, I man, that 400 acres was my literal playground um, as a kid. Now, we owned some goats for a period of time. My dad was like, I want to own some goats. And I was like, okay. And it was my job to feed them and take care of them and monitor the electric fence. (laughs) I got bit quite a few times on that electric fence. When I thought I turned it off and I didn't, yeah, it woke me up. Um, there were times when I thought the fence was on, but it was down. Yeah. And living beside 400 acres, look, if the if the fence was down, the goats went out. And guess where the goats went?
0: Yeah.
1: 400 acres. Yeah. I had to go find them. That's not fun. <laughs> right? So I, my goal was to go around and constantly check the perimeter of the fence. Like, is it active? Is it running? Is it high enough? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I had to constantly identify the threat. Guys, listen. Watch the commercials that your kids are watching during those shows that they love. Yeah. Listen, the show may be okay, but the commercials may not be. Watch the commercials. Watch the games that they play. Like listen to them. Um man, I wish I had time, but when our girls were growing up, we used to watch some certain shows and there weren't a whole lot of kid shows out there, right, that were kind of cool to watch. Yeah. Um but even in some of those shows, they would talk they would use, like, transcendental meditation terms. Mm. They would use Eastern mythology terms. They would use all kinds of words. And I'm like, I don't want my... And my girls would go around the house singing those words. They didn't know what the heck they were singing. They didn't. Yeah. But they were already singing them. Yeah. So guess what? They're singing them when they're, like, seven or eight, and then all of a sudden they're 12 or 13, and now they hear some older person, 17 or 18, using those words, and they're going, wait, I've been singing that song since I was seven or eight. What the heck does that mean? Yeah. And now they're pursuing transcendental meditation because they sang a stupid little children's song at 7 or 8. It happens right then. Watch the games. Watch their friends. Even the clothing that they wear. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Protect your kids with the clothes that they wear. I mean, you you may think that's ridiculous. Dad, Dad, everybody's wearing blah, blah, blah brand, and it looks like this. Look, if it's not appropriate— Right for you for the for the identity of your child. Watch even the clothing that they wear. Be 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 cautious of that. The environment they're in, as well as media. I I long like I'll be honest with you. I long for aspects of when I grew up as a kid. Um, I don't know how I would do it when with social media today. Yeah. Um, I don't remember becoming insecure with friendships until I was like seventeen or eighteen, because only not until I was I driving did I see that. Some friends went to Taco Bell and some friends went to Dairy Queen. I'm like, well, wait, what? Right now, kids are seeing it so early. Like they're like you're not invited to a sleepover, and all of a sudden you check in on social media, and there's 15 of your friends hanging out, and you're not one of them. Yeah. Wow. You know. All right. Constantly identify the threat. All right. It's not only a game of thrones; it's a game of words. Yeah. Okay. So most dads. Most guys know the first part on how to constantly check the perimeter. But I think a lot of men miss this one. It's a game of words. You got to start listening to the language that's around you and your family. A lot of people really don't know how to talk appropriately. And I don't mean cuss words, I mean like words of manipulation, words of rejection. Words, things like a comparison. Like a lot of adults really just don't know how to talk. And they'll come up to your kids and they'll say things like, Wow, um, last week you're pretty, your sister was prettier this week. I mean, they'll say things like that. And all of a sudden, your girls are like, I never thought about comparing myself to another one. Or they'll say it to your sons. They'll say, people don't you got to watch for the words that other people are speaking into the life of your of your child. Yeah. Because your child is always a sponge and no matter what somebody says, they're going to listen to those words. Now, what do we mean by that? You can't craft everybody's words that come out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. You can't craft every word that's going to come across a commercial. Here's the secret. Dad, you have to learn how to be a translator. So when things are spoken and or misspoken, you have to learn how to translate the error out of that yeah. and translate truth into it. So you're not always going to be, a, be able to be around your children and craft the words that come out of people, but what you're teaching your child is how to translate what they just said as either appropriate or not appropriate, godly or ungodly, for me or against me. I had a conversation just last week with a guy that called me on the phone. He said, Pastor Ron, tell me if I'm right or wrong. He walked me through a conversation that was happening between him and his son and some things that were going on at school and some advice. Hmm. Another gentleman just out of the blue came up and gave him And he goes, man, the red flags are going off while this guy was talking to me. And I'm like, you're exactly right. And I said, what you had to do at that moment is, is what you did. You translated the error out of his speech, and you applied what was truthful, and then you went back and interpreted that conversation to your son so he would understand. Yeah. That it's a Game of Thrones. It's a game of words. Now, To help understand that more, go back and listen to episode four on mental readiness. And then we're also going to talk about emotional awareness, like how to handle your emotions. That's coming up. Like how to, you know, sort of process through things. And I think we've even touched base on somewhat emotions, but go back and listen. But so in short, Dads, you're constantly checking the perimeter. You're constantly looking for threats. Remember, that's what we're talking about. It's a game of thrones. Um, It's a game of words. Now, let me just sort of wrap this up um, on this. It'll take us a few minutes to wrap this up. Let me give you tactics. So we're talking about training for battle, okay? I want to give you tactics for any and every enemy. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite lines in the Bible is found in Ephesians 4, and it says, don't give place to the devil, now if you're not familiar with Ephesians um, 4 Ephesians 4 and 5 are uh, some of the more concentrated chapters on family hmm. like there's not a chapter like you can't turn to uh, first Hezekiah which by the way is not a real chapter kind of thing you know like you can't turn to that like that that section and it be all there, there's not a whole book on just family in the Bible yeah does that make sense yeah for sure okay but there are scriptures that are dotted throughout uh, the Bible on family. And when he says, "Don't give place to the devil," he's he's specifically speaking towards marriages, and he's talking about families. All right. So here are some tactics for any and every family, guys. You got to armor up every day. Hmm. You got to armor up every day. Now listen, I know the mind is racing. If your mind works like my mind, when I get up, Raina has to get up and have her quiet time. I have to get up and just immediately start listing out what has to be done. Then when I get that out, then I can sit down and do my study time, my time. And so Raina's different. She's like, I have to get up and have my time with the Lord. Then I can do my to-do list. Whatever pattern works for you, um, you got to at some point armor up. There are a lot of dads that are running around. Can I say this on a podcast? Spiritually naked. Yeah. And they're getting darts, they're getting cut, they're getting stabbed, they're getting shot, they're getting burnt, they're getting shrapnel. And by the time they come home, they're worn out, they're beat up, they've almost bled out, they have nothing to give, and they've let the perimeter down. Now the family's being attacked. And then I'm telling you, I know what happens. I talk to them, and they're like, Pastor Ron, I've lost hope. I mean, seriously, I talked to a dad. I, I talked to a dad Saturday, mm. and he said, I'm ready to give up. He literally said, I'm done. He goes, I can't take this. I can't take this anymore. Like, I'm done. And I said, all right, well, hang on. What? Why did we get here? How did we get there? And I get what he was going through. Like, honestly, there was a lot. And I said, okay, well, let's go back and establish the home base. And thankfully, he texted me Sunday morning before church and said, went back Reestablish the home base. Not everything is where it needs to be, but we're on a good start. Mm. Right? He went from like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Well, the perimeter was down, man. The family was being attacked. Listen, from all sides. Yeah. And that wears you down. Yeah. Right. If you're fighting the battle all the way around and you and you feel like you're the only one fighting the battle, you're you're done. Yeah. Okay. You got to armor up, guys. Armor up. Every day you got to put on the armor of God. Like I know many of you that are listening, like many of you are just like me. Like you're into protecting your family. Like you you you've probably have you probably got some guns in the house. You probably have some knives in the house. You you got some weapons. Like you if not you've got an alarm system. Um like you're into that. Okay? You understand that. But you got you personally have to put on the armor. All right? Now guys, listen. I'm telling this is this is your number one weapon training weapon ever. Yeah. You got to pray down you got to pray heaven down. You got to pray heaven protection down. I'm just telling you right now, you need to be walking by your children's bedroom, praying over the room. Put your hand on your kids' head, pray on their head. Yeah. Pray on their heart. You need to you need to put your hand on your front door, pray on your front door, pray over your lawn, hmm. pray over your kids' cars. Pray over your wife's car. Pray over their books. Like, put your hand on your kids' school books. Hmm. Put it on their phone. And I'm telling you right now, you need to pray, Lord, as I'm putting my hand on my kids' phone, if they start to look at anything, God, I pray you bring them massive conviction. Like, make make the phone shut off. Like, I mean, pray that. Like, pray. Like, Lord, let them just know that what they're about. Like, protect, protect them. Lord, if they're about to click on something that's going to take them somewhere, like don't let the phone click, or let a friend walk up and just say, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, be that specific in your prayer. Pray, 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 pray. Right. Heaven down. Now, why do I say this is a training battle tool? Most guys don't spend a whole lot of time in prayer. Hmm. They don't know how, but they, or they don't. Like, you could do hundred push-ups more than you could pray for for thirty seconds like we're physically stronger than we're spiritually stronger. All right, here's another term. Now this is this is a shooting term, right? It's more of a hunting term or a sniper term. You got to glass the area. Put the scope up. Prayer helps you put the scope up to see what's coming from a distance. Yeah. You got to look out. Like glass the area, throw up the binoculars, throw up the scope. Put up that that visual assistance that helps you see things from a distance. Mm. Like prayer does that. Yeah. But you got to start looking out. Now, what I mean by that, well, one, you mean like today, like, okay, my kids going to go to school, then they're going to go to soccer. So, God, I know that they're going to be tired at the end of the day. When they're tired, the most vulnerable. So I'm already praying right now at 7 a.m. I'm praying right now for 4 p.m. Mm. Right? Yeah. Glass the area. Start praying now when they're eight for when they're 15. Hmm. When they're born, as soon as they're born, this is going to sound ridiculous to you. As soon as they're born, pray for their spouse. yeah. Like day one. Like day one when they're born, thank you, God, for 10 fingers, 10 toes. Thank you for a heart. Thank you for a nose. Thank you for eyes. Thank you for life. But right now, somewhere, a little boy or a little girl was also born or has been born, and they have a family— and one day, my son or my daughter is going to meet him or her, and I'm praying right now for them. Yeah. I pray you you protect that family as they're raising that son or that daughter for my son or my daughter. Yeah, right. Pray. Glass the area. Check the perimeter every day, every day, every day, every day. Here's another tactic. Check the perimeter. What do I mean by that? Well, check your kid's phone. Check their heart. Literally sit down with – one of the things I love that Raina does, and she's the best at it, right, I think. Um, And so that's here's another point. If there's some area on, on checking the perimeter that you need to tag team with your wife, tag team with your wife. Here's one of them. Raina asks these this question almost every day. How was your day? And here's what she means. What were your highs? What were your lows? And that's teaching your children to learn to process just sort of what happened. But then what they tell you, you get to run with that, right? That helps you check the perimeter. That lets you know what they're – listen, just like you go to bed at night with unresolved issues in your head, so do your kids, Hmm. right? Every night, I know this, my girls go to bed at night, and they're still thinking about things people said, things that are about to happen, um, misperceived conversations, communications, misunderstood, insecurities, just like you go to bed with junk rolling around in your head, so do they. Yeah. Get it out of their head. Check the perimeter. Check the perimeter of them emotionally, spiritually. Ask them, "How are you doing? How do you feel like your faith is? How do you feel like prayer is going?" Like, ask them these questions, dads. And even if you're like, "Well, mine's not that great," so I feel like a hypocrite. That's all right. Admit that. Just say, "I'm asking you because you challenge me." The last thing you need to do is not ask. Hmm. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, when we do that, we give a place to the devil. Hmm. Old King James language interpretation means this. You give the dev- the devil a-, a place at the camp. Yeah, hmm. Wow. Like, you've invited him in because of your complacency in training. Here's the last one. Lock the doors. Hmm. Lock the doors. In other words lock down things um one that provide security okay you listening like lock down certain things like we are a family of prayer we are a family of unity we are a family of integrity we are like family first like yes you can have friends yes you can do this but it's family first and family only right like lock down some things that need to be there but also lock down some things that don't Allow things in, like that's one of the reasons why you lock the doors. Is not so much to keep things in. I mean, in some cases, yes, but for the most part, we're locking doors to keep things out. Yeah. Tell your family what you're locking out. Like we're locking out um, manipulative speech. We're we're locking out um, evil. We're locking out this and that. Like let your family know why you monitor commercials, why you monitor media, why you want to influence their friends because you know. Having been down this road before, you know that some things can creep in that you don't want in. Hmm. So let your children know what you're locking in yeah. and what you're locking out. Yeah, We're locking in unity. We're locking in love. We're locking in hope. We're locking in family. We're locking in us. But we're also locking out these things because we don't want it to rob unity. We don't want it to rob family. All right, here's the last one. Provide both tools and training deuteronomy 6 says you are to teach your children proverbs 22 says train teach and train teach and train teach and train that's the choo-choo of life teach and train teach and train you're to dad you're to do both all right you got to equip your kids to face the battles to start doing it now mm-hmm. equip your kids to face the battles as well as handle blessings did you hear that yeah. teach your kids how to fight battles and how to handle blessings and I'm I, In the upcoming episodes, I'm going to go into more detail like on what that means. Here's the last one. Man, I've given you guys a lot, I know, um, but uh, how to train for about. Here's the last one. Teach them early how to seek God's voice and how to discern God's voice. Stop right there. You're like, Pastor Ron, I don't do very good at that myself, so how in the world am I going to teach it? Exactly. You say, what do you mean by that? As you're learning, you're actually teaching. You don't have to be an expert at this before you teach your kids. By you just admitting, son, daughter, I'm learning to pray. Son, daughter, I'm learning as well. That invites them in to teach you. And now it doesn't become a formal classroom education like, tonight at Tuesday night, sit down with dad on how to learn God's voice. (laughs) Who wants to show up for that class? You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're teaching them along the way, some of the greatest lessons my dad ever taught me was riding along with him in the truck and he would just comment like, man, today I learned, or I watched this contractor, or I saw this guy on Sunday and he showed me, as a day he goes, he showed me this. And I'm going, oh, I want to learn that. Hmm. My dad didn't say, Ron, you need to learn this. And then I was like, okay. Just by what he said and how he said it, like, man, today I watched this guy, and I learned how to do this. Today I listened to this man who had no money in his bank account, but he still tithed and he was trusting God. I'm going to start trusting. When my dad said that, I'm like, oh, I want to be that guy. Mm. He was like unintentionally teaching me by him saying, these are areas that I'm still learning. Wow. That's what I mean, guys. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be a, an expert prayer. You don't have to be a professional Bible reader. Yeah. Just admitting to your kids that you're learning how to read the Bible, you're learning how to pray, that teaches them how to do it. Yeah. Actually, I have something that I was oh, thinking Oh, yeah, come through. on. I want to come, like, I'm
0: going rewinding a little bit, but going uh, back to the tactics, armor up, pray down, glass the area, check the perimeter. Yeah. What is like what what's a way that you can kind of keep that in your mind cuz like like listening to this like like I want to apply this but like I'm I'm trying to think okay how do I keep this in my mind how do mm. we like keep it going so that way
1: I'm like looking out for those things in all those different areas man that's a great that's a great question that's great insight right okay so man awesome question so just like everything else becomes habit so does this mm. So if you just every day, just tell yourself, um, like whatever your routine is, um, as you're getting dressed for the day, just tell yourself, am I putting on the armor? Mm. As you're eating breakfast, whatever your mode is, if it's a smoothie, if it's a breakfast, if it's just a cup of coffee, you're running out the door, have I prayed down, Mm. right? As you're walking out the front door and you're like looking up at the sky, is it going to rain? Is it hot? Like you're looking down at the ground. Ask yourself, am I viewing the perimeter? Just at night, when you lock the doors, that's—so build it into your natural habits. Okay. And that's a great question is one way. So that's me. That's how I do it. As I'm getting dressed, I'm literally asking myself, am I putting on the armor? As I'm having breakfast, and as Rain and I are downstairs having our our smoothies together kind of a thing— That's when her and I go over prayer requests. So I'm like, all right, this is what I got to pray down. But that's our routine. All right. right. Now, glassing the area, whether you check the weather report, that's when I do it. Hmm. When I'm checking weather, that reminds me um, what's coming our way today. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. And then checking the perimeter as well. Like, Again, I'm, I'm I'm more speaking my reference point, but like I'm I'm constantly walking around the house, right? Going, is this leaking? Is this here? Is the paint fading? Is the, are the windows closed? Blah blah blah. I'm checking the and at night when I lock up the house, I'm asking, all right, did I do a good job of locking out and locking in? Yeah. So whatever works for you, and that's a great question. Make it, make it a part of your. Remember, we live in two different kingdoms. You got to get up and go to work. You got to get up, make lunch, send your kids to school. You got to pick them up. You also got to get your job done. Yeah. Often we live more in that world because we live in that world. Yeah. Then we live in the, remind ourselves to live in the spiritual world. Yeah. So make, make the big K a part of the little K. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as I'm doing, as I'm getting dressed, is the armor on? As I'm, as I'm, Going down the steps as I'm going down somewhere as I'm walking around and with every step I'm praying for this. Am I as I'm checking the weather? I'm checking the perimeter. I'm glassing the area, and as I lock the doors at night, what am I locking in? What am I locking out? And tell your kids those things. That's another way to do it. Write it down. Mm. One way to write it down is put it on the refrigerator. Yeah, that's good. Right? Maybe um, maybe maybe by the television. Um, make like a little sign. Um, like I've told families before, like print it out on eight and a half by 11 and frame it, Mm -hmm. frame, frame their little statements of what they need to be aware of and and to do. Tell it to your wife, ask your wife to do this with you and she'll hold you accountable, um, to that. Right. Again, invite your kids into the process. Mm -hmm. Um, like, yeah, our family, like would I ever imagine that our family does ministry together to the level that we do? I I can't. But yet, is that what we prayed for? Absolutely. It's not just Ron who's called into ministry. Here's my point in that: you guys may not be in ministry, but as a family, you can do ministry together. How? Tell your kids this process. That's a great question. That's a great way to just sort of apply it. Yeah. All right, guys, we've given you a lot. Train for battle. Do do not forget this today. Right? Do not forget this. Your kids will live forever. The greatest investment is training for them to secure eternity. In the, You're not fighting for your child's well-being. You're fighting for their eternal life. You're not fighting for the economy of their life. You're fighting against the enemy to life. Understand the times. Know the thrones you're fighting for. Armor up, pray down, glass, check the perimeter, lock the doors. You guys can do this. I believe in you. one, hundred percent i believe you guys can do this all right i know you can i know you can here we go ready on the right ready on the left all ready on the firing line we are praying you are faithful focused and fearless god bless have an awesome day train for battle